0: Hello friends Josh Bow and Kirk Henderson coming to you on Tuesday night following the Dallas Mavericks defeating the Miami heat one twenty seven to one thirteen. Josh, how are you?
1: I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Kirk?
0: I'm good. I'm good. It was a nice win where I missed a good chunk of the fourth quarter, so I missed being mad early as the heat were flamethrowers. I saw some of the makes that were happening towards the tail end of the first, but uh got a got a good look at the uh you know the second quarter. And, you know, what it will probably be the primary story of the game, at least from a Mavericks end of uh, rookie Josh Green playing 24 meaningful minutes in what was probably his best performance and really a very needed performance um, as he helped kind of spur the Mavericks to uh, to wake up as they marched back and eventually just kind of kicked the crap out of the heat.
1: Yeah, I was actually thinking maybe that was a career high for him, but he, he had actually thirty two versus yeah. the Bulls. <laughs> oh my god, that feels like eighteen thousand years ago. But right, um, it might as well be right. But good for Josh. Um, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna lead every story like tonight. I'm sure I I'm not listening to the post game, but I'm sure he was probably the first question asked of Rick uh, in the post game. You know, all Dallas Morning News, all all the news sites are probably going to lead with him and for good reason. And like you said, he gave them a a wake up call in the second quarter Um, finished with four rebounds, three assists, three steals, which is kind of, you know, really impressive, well-rounded performance. When you consider, you know, he's, you know, he's still not there offensively in terms of being someone who could put the ball in the basket, but it was just so evident when he stepped onto the floor in the second quarter, just how badly the Mavericks need a guy that is just, athletic and and plays hard and I know that sounds like really simple but the Mavericks actually don't have that many types of guys on the roster like you know Dorian Finney-Smith plays hard you know Tim Hardaway Jr. you know these guys aren't necessarily like super like pogo stick athletes and and Josh Green is he's very fast and he can jump high and he's springy and there's no one else on the roster like him and he sticks out when they surround him with veterans. Uh, and he, as long as he kind of plays within himself and doesn't take like bad shots or or gets deer in the headlights, you can s- kind of start to see why the Mavericks picked him. Because you know you can't coach the athleticism, and if you can get the other parts of his game just under control and and just try to accentuate his strengths as much as possible, you kind of get what you get tonight. Or, or at least some of get some of what you can get tonight. Obviously you'd like to see him down the road, you know, be able to put the ball in the basket a little bit more or just be a threat there. But it's, I mean, the three steals, it was undeniable. He was just playing the passing lanes. He was stepping in front of the ball. He was, he was playing good weak upside defense. And then he was turning that into offense. I mean, most of his, you know, a couple of his assists were I think in transition uh, pushing the ball after getting these steals, like the Mavericks seemed to have a little bit more energy and they were just playing with a, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it just from an eye test standpoint, it feels like they played much faster in that second quarter than they've played, uh, you know, on on par for the season. And I think a lot of that has to do with with Josh Green.
0: Yeah, the pace thing is likely something we should investigate on a bigger, deeper level at some point. Um, Because it, it, my secret or my not so secret theory is that the part of the reason why Rick deals with Luca is because Luca walks the ball up the floor because he likes to survey just like Rick does but the Mavericks are just they're they're one of the they're they're not great in transition on offense in terms of where they rank compared to the NBA and I don't like getting easy you know getting looks when the team is when the other team is off balance is a value and I I would like to see more of that and the way he just sort of attacked was fun it's different um you know a game like this, I don't want to call it an outlier game, but he's unlikely to, to have another game like this just because of the way the rest of the Mavericks season goes. He might play some against the Cavs, but him having another meaningful game with only like seven games left and then the playoffs is just low. That said, it really hasn't made sense for a long time why he hasn't at least gotten, you know, eight minutes a game, something like that because the, the roster is just so, you know, so tired. And I've never really thought he makes mistakes in so much as he just, he he can't play offense <laughs> or he can't, he can't attack the rim. He's not a great scorer at the rim. His shot is a work in progress at best. Like you see it from the corner three, like the way it hits that back iron, like this is, it's just going to be a while for the shots. Not to say it can't ever happen. Dorian Finney-Smith is proof of that. But uh, there's not, you know, compared to the way some of the other Mavericks are shooting. Why not? Why not play him? What's been the problem? I'm I'm very curious because he, he the ability to play hard. I don't want to sit here and say that 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 the other Mavericks don't play hard, but they don't play with like that. I, I I'm writing something right now, and I described his his play as frenetic. And and, you know, you you just get that from younger guys, and everything about Luca, everything about a lot of the other starters, is very measured in the explosiveness. And I, I, it it surprised the Heat, and because the Mavericks just, you know, they just kind of have a, you know, after this much tape, you kind of know what you're going to get. And seeing them, you know, seeing him play hard was, it it was, it was nice to be quite honest.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and he's aggressive and he forces the issue. You feel him like in this game, you felt his presence. Like even when you consider, you know, when Dorian Finney-Smith is, in, you know, I, I don't want to like just compare. You know, obviously Dorian is having a great season and he's having a really awesome month. And he had a good, he had a really good game tonight, actually. Yeah. Um. But like, it's just, it's just different. Like, uh, uh-uh. the way he attacks the game, he doesn't let it come to him in a way. He forces the issue at least defensively. Um and that's something that just the Mavericks don't have and a lot of that is be for just scheme, you know, they the Mavericks defensively play a little bit of a conservative style because they're playing the odds almost like a casino and they're like we bet you you're not going to beat us from these spots on the floor. We'll let you get there and, and it kind of makes the defense feel a little passive in a way. And when Green was on the floor, it was like you always saw him. He was he was getting in passing lanes. He was mucketed up on the offensive glass. Like he was just, he was taking the game, you know, uh, cliche, taking the game by the horns, however you want to sure. call it. Instead of just kind of relaxed, you know, passively standing in the corner, you know, passively guarding his man, you know, reacting to the moves his man was making, you know, instead he was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, anticipate play the passing lanes. And he, he got three steals. He shows up in the box score. He got three steals. Um, so that's nice. And like I said, just him being an athlete and being really fast, I think it sounds stupid, but it just helps. Like there's just no one on the roster like him. Like there's it's not even close, really. I mean, when you think about like the other, you know, guards and wings on this roster, he's just he's that much more of a physical presence in turn, you know, in terms of his his speed and his leaping ability and, and and all that. And you know, when you he played a lot in that second quarter, it felt like he you know he was playing with Luca. Playing with Tim Hardaway Jr., you know he he wasn't playing with other end of the bench guys like you. Yes, was. he was playing with you know four of the other best players. And I tweeted this out, and it, what it really reminded me of is Kirk. You probably you know you remember this when Jay Crowder uh, first got on the Mavs when he was drafted by the Mavs. His first like two, his first rookie season and his second season, you know he had horrible counting stats. Our, yeah. our friend, our friend and former writer uh, of the site, Andy. Uh, would always, you know, joke about how like he was just anemic to box score stats. Like he would just have like no rebounds, no assists, no steals. He would score like eight points. It was just really funny. Uh, and then as you kept looking at it, you looked at his like on-off numbers, plus-minus, you know, all the kind of advanced numbers around him were really good. And like a lot of the lineups he were in, he were in performed really well. And it's like what's going on here because he doesn't really do like you just look at the box after a game like he didn't really do anything. And it's like, well, he's sharing the floor with, you know, at the time, Vince Carter, Brandon Wright, uh, Devin, you know, Devin Harris, you know, he was surrounded by a bench, you know, he came off the bench, played against other bench guys, but he, he was never the best scorer. He was never the best passer. He was never the best rebounder. He was never the best defender in the lineup. And he was never counted on to do those things. Like, Hey, all the other four guys can do all that. What yeah. we need you to do is fill in the gaps, you know, move the ball when it needs to be moved, play as hard as you can, box out you know do all that stuff the little things that aren't going to show up you know just kind of be the glue guy and I see a little bit of that in Josh Green especially tonight because you know when he's sharing the floor with Luca and THJ and you know Dwight Powell or really Kyle Stein or whoever you know they're not asking him to be a lockdown guy they're not asking him to be a primary scoring option or even a secondary scoring option you know they're not asking him to do a lot they're just saying hey you do you know you do you the other guys on the team will will guard the best player will make all the shots you just fill in the gaps and i think he has shown with some of his passing uh in his limited minutes that he can move the ball when it needs to be moved make the extra play make the extra pass and then use his athleticism his his gifts his talents uh to the best of his ability you know so long as he's not relied on to do anything else so that's I'm I'm being a little long winded here, but that's kind of what I saw tonight. I saw like if I don't know how long this can last. I don't know if we'll, you know, I very much doubt we'll see this in the playoffs. You know, maybe it'll have to be a break glass in case of emergency in a in a playoff series, but I think that's the key for him for, for the rest of this season and maybe even going into the next season. I think that's the best way the Mavericks can use him. Uh surround him with other good players that can do all the things that he can't so that you can hide his weaknesses and accentuate his strengths.
0: Yep. Yep, and then the Mavericks have done that for years. Yes, <laughs> with guys. So why not the guy who has like a lot of raw athleticism and
1: you know and you spent 18th in- overall pick on right? Like- like, why
0: not do that? Like I, I don't know. It's 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 something else. But we don't we don't want to look back. At least not now. We want to look forward. So the other guy who had a who had himself a night was Tim Hardaway Jr. And in the post game he talked about you know just how great it was playing in front of friends. His grandma was in the building and, and harp, I think, uh, Ron Harper, um, Derek, be, Derek <laughs> Harper, um, said, said, he's like, is there any way we can just get them to come with you to every game? And it's like, that's been a running joke for, for years where it's like, he just plays well when his dad or somebody that important to him is there. And he does look great. It, it's, he had had so many frustrating games in April. Like he rarely had two bad games in a row, his whole, you know, Mavs tenure and, the Detroit game and the game tonight were really good examples of why he's going to get paid all the money. He's just <laughs> valuable and he's frustrating. Sure. But what, you know, what shooter is it like? Duncan Robinson is an unbelievable shooter. And, and, you know, and, and Tyler hero is as well, who didn't play tonight. And it's just like, guys are allowed to have off nights. What, you know, t- Tim is, is, is a, you know, almost a three level scorer. Like he's really talented. And I think his game will age. Well, like I just, I, I, I've really made, I made peace with his game last year. And, and just, I, I, you know, for, I, I tend to hate on specific guys. So I'm, I'm really one to criticize, but some of the, some of the frustrations around Tim never really entirely made sense to me. He's just, he's really, really good. Um, And, and, you know, we, I, I buried the lead in that he tied, you know, uh, <laughs> Wes Matthews and George McLeod hitting 10 threes in a game. And he really should have had like two more that just wouldn't go. Like he was outstanding tonight.
1: Yeah. And you're right. And it's the thing about him is that he, you know, it's a long enough sample dating back to last season and you look at the other pieces of, on this roster and he, he really is, you know, besides Luca, he's seemingly the only other guy on this team that can just kind of explode and carry, carry the team on it, seemingly on his back for like a three or four minute stretch in the game. Um, obviously, you know, Kristaps Porzingis can do that. Um, But Christoph Porzingis, you know, plays 50 to, you know, 65% of the games. So it's yep. hard to rely on, you know, we don't want to get in. You know, I don't want to go down that well too much after a really good Mavs game. But like Tim plays all the games, he plays all the games, he plays um, a lot of minutes and he's pretty damn good for a majority of them. And on a Mavs team that is starved for people that can get a shot off without Lucas spoon feeding it to them. Like he is just, he is, he's just so invaluable it's Mm -hmm. it's hard to imagine what this team would look like without him and we I've said it multiple times this season I've even written about it the way he saves this teams from bad losses just by going hitting a couple of threes in a two-minute stretch and kind of just change the narrative and the flow of the game it's it's pretty outrageous and you know, obviously playing next to Luca helps a lot, but he's been coming off the bench. I think he – I don't have the data in front of me, but I don't know if he's playing as much with Luca as he did last year. But it's obviously not – like this isn't just an all Luca thing. You know, he won that Detroit game with 42 points with Luca on the bench. Like he he has legitimately turned a corner. Uh, I don't know if it's Mavericks coaching. Kirk, you love to your, – your theory, which is a popular one shared by others, is guys at this stage of his career, he's 29. That have already made the money but haven't won a lot. Like this is usually the time where it's like they decide, you know, what path they want to go down. You know, as far as what their legacy is in the NBA, like do they want to win or do they want to keep putting up shots and get numbers and uh, you know getting paid? You know, kind of just worry about getting paid. And Mm -hmm. it's obvious, like he's changed. You know, he's still putting up numbers. He's still going to get paid. Funny how that works out. But also he's he's also winning. Um, and you could tell just his mindset seems to have changed since he's been in Dallas, which helps a lot. But, yeah, like I said, I can't I can't say enough good things out of him. He was allowed to have a bad month. Uh, like those April games, like you said, he played pretty poorly for, for a long stretch. It was probably the worst stretch he's played since he became a starter last year. But that's okay when you consider – I mean, he bails his team out routinely, and this wasn't necessarily a bailout uh, as much as some of the other games were, but, man, he's just – like,
0: well, it's we've we've gotten accustomed to certain things that he does that I just can't express how it doesn't happen. Like Jason Terry was this way, but play. And what I, what I mean is like there's one Luca assist. Luca passes to him from one kind of like I don't know free throw line extended up. They're 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 far away from the basket is my point. Like one opposite wing to the other. Tim Hardaway takes one dribble and takes a three contested. Yes. Dudes don't take those shots like that is a bad shot. But Tim makes it. And the ability to make shots is what separates kind of shooters and volume shooters at this level. And it's it's just kind of hard to explain how valuable that is, because, you know, when you compare him to like Brunson, who is so good off the dribble and taking it to the rack, John Brunson is rarely going to take a contested three. Because he doesn't have, like, the athleticism. He's not tall enough to get the release off. Like, guys are just going to be draped all over him. It's going to be a difficult shot. Tim is just, he, he's, he's very talented. Um, and I think what the Mavericks did, I have no proof of this, but I think what they did was encourage him that they, in the sense that they need, told him that they need his offense. But they did their very best to get him to cut the shit in terms of <laughs> over-dribbling and doing things that weren't decisive. Almost all of his movements now are very, very decisive where he's he's either shooting quickly, attacking the basket. There's not like the ball holding stuff. There's not sizing up opponents. There's not trying to cross people over like his dad. It's scoring or not. And it's it's great.
1: Yeah. And you and you make a really good point about how he is a good shooter on bad shots and that how that separates, you know, role players from from starters and starters from 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 all-stars and all-stars from all NBA guys, you know, go down the line. And you look at, like, guys, like, not not to, like, discount what, like, Dorian Finney-Smith or Max do. do. Uh, you know, they shoot a high percentage. But those guys are only taking – for the most part, those guys are only taking shots when they're open. And those shots usually are created by Luka. There's – it's hard to, to say how much – how meaningful it is that they have another guy on this team that doesn't just take open shots because – the NBA teams like there's NBA players on both sides. Like the NBA is good. There's it's the best basketball league in the world. Like the other team is not just going to let you get what you want every single possession down the floor. So you need guys like Luca, like Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, that can just kind of do something out of nothing or capitalize on bad situations. And yep. you know they're all, you know they're really the only two guys. You know, and then you would maybe include Brunson as well although you know brunson is more he's like the tim hardaway junior of the paint in in a, in a way
0: you know he he does his
1: damage near the near the rim but like those you know you basically have like i want to say like two and a half guys on the roster that can do this so the idea that they're going to go into this off season and and think that they can do better like that's they have yeah. to realize he he's so crucial to this thing and you can't i, I think they i think they get that uh, um so i don't know i mean you know, he's helped salvage the trade yes I mean, it's, it's it's getting real close to the Tim Hardaway Jr. trade. If he's going to yeah. play every game, he's going to shoot forty percent on on eight or nine threes a game. I mean, it's 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 just hard to fathom what this team would look like. Like if you replaced him with another like good shooter, but like a Dorian or a Maxi shooter, like a state like a guy that just shoots when they're open. I can't tell you how much worse the team would be. The team would be dramatically worse. Uh, uh, it, I don't know how worse, but they'd be, they'd be worse. And uh, yeah, it just, it just goes to, I just want to sing his praises for that. Like it's, it's so crucial the things that he's doing, like the Mavericks need every last bit of it. And maybe even some, like they need, they need more. They probably need another, like, <laughs> not to get ahead of ourselves, but this off season, like the goal should be, Hey, we should get another guy. Like, like if we can, we should get another guy like Tim Hardaway jr. Like that's dude,
0: Gary Trent jr. Like yeah. Luca, Tim Hardaway, and Gary Trent Jr. Uh, like, are are th- they're they're they're, they're Degeneration X. Um, <laughs> like, I, just, sorry, I, I've been thinking about wrestling analogies because Tim Hardaway Jr. just gives me the strongest Shawn Michaels vibes. Where I just I love just like unending confidence. It's fun. But oh, yeah. um, we've been meandering. We've actually managed to talk almost twenty minutes already. That's how that's how fun this game was, and yeah. and we've not said a single word about Luka Doncic. who played just 30 minutes and had a, you know, 23.12 rebound, eight assists and then seven turnovers uh, performance where he just looked in his bag with the exception of being able to hit free throws, which I just, the free throws are like, it's, it's one day he's going to decide much like how he's decided to be a a mid range shooter. uh, One day he's going to just decide that he's going to hit 85% from the line. And we're going to laugh about this, but he's, he's just amazing. And this team you know the 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 one the, the other thing we didn't talk about in relation to Josh Green was uh Josh Richardson actually got sat got benched to start the second half and then yep. came out and this is the first game i'm going to look at the box and i I looked at this the other day cuz i've just been killing Josh Green for weeks this is the first game he shot over 50% over 50% since late march he was six for eleven from the floor. Um,
1: uh, he had another one in. in no, he's had a couple in April.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, six from nine and and uh, against Utah. That was the last time that he went yep. over fifty. Um, yeah, that's
1: what? That's almost a month.
0: It's a month, and and it, his shot like it was strange. His shot went from looking terrible to looking decent. Like all of a sudden, <laughs> and I mean, I you know I don't know what they do with him. He's a challenging player to because he's he's obviously. A talented basketball player, he wouldn't have made it this far, but he's just been in such a funk. And it was kind of nice to see him get going a little bit with things out of hand for for um, for Miami. So,
1: yeah. And uh, if you want to, you know, so he shot six of eleven, so that's fifty four and a half percent. The last time he shot oh like greater than fifty percent on ten plus attempts, so not just 50, like he shot better than fifty percent on ten or more attempts. Uh the last time he did that was March twenty first, uh, against Portland. So uh it's been a while since he's had like a really like a really good like high volume. Well I don't it's eleven shots isn't high volume, but you know what I mean. Um but yeah and maybe this wakes him up a little bit and he had a wh- i mean I can't say enough how bad his April was forty percent from the field, thirty one percent from three. Um his three point shot that's been kind of the story for him. I know that there are some other things that 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 you know are peeves for for people, but really the rest of his game is somewhat in line with his career numbers, which obviously is a little disappointing because you would expect like you would hope that he would be a little bit better, you know, playing in playing in Dallas, playing in this offense, right, playing in right. Saluka. But like the thing that's just cratered him is the three-point shot. It's just it's it's cartoonishly bad. Uh to well, so the point to his... where,
0: like, I I sort of expect a swing. Yeah, at, you know, where he goes on like a six game tear, where he shoots fifth. You know, wouldn't it be nice if it came in the playoffs? You know, so yeah. <laughs> like like it's it's kind of bananas. So yeah,
1: yeah. So maybe who knows? Stranger things have happened. Maybe this is a one game outlier. You know, we don't really know for sure. But uh, this is also this is probably the first time though that he's been challenged with his minutes i think um so we'll see you know he's basically been the unquestioned starter when he's been healthy uh the entire season and he's had some a couple games where he doesn't play down the stretch in the fourth quarter but otherwise he has been you know a 32 minute per game guy uh despite his struggles Mm -hmm. and i think this this like i said i think this is the first game i can remember him getting like legitimately benched you know i mean he I mean he didn't start I, I don't think he's ever I don't think this season he's had a game where he didn't start the second half unless he was you know, it was for injury purposes. Yeah. So this has to be some sort of wake up call and it's it signals that Carlisle is willing to kind of finally change things up a bit. Maybe it's a one game thing, who knows? I wouldn't you know, Richardson will right. probably he'll probably be starting tomorrow night, I would think. But we'll Thursday see. night. Thank goodness yeah, Thursday, we got yeah. a break. Oh yeah, that's right. Thursday night. I, I forget the back-to-back. No,
0: it's, it's, it's just, it's so wise it's, to assume a back-to-back. Yeah. Like when the Mavericks aren't playing, I'm confused. Um, yeah. But <laughs> I get but it. we'll see. Well, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. So one of the things you talked about, and you did mention this earlier, but what was the lineup of Luka plus what we were talking about? And, and you mentioned this earlier, Luka plus athletes. Like who was it?
1: I don't know off the top of. I think it
0: was Luca, uh, Green, Dorian Finney-Smith, Hardaway, Powell. Does that sound right?
1: That does sound right because the second quarter, Richardson and Willie Cauley Stein basically went away, and those two started the game, and it was Powell and Green uh, that came in, and I think so. I think you're right.
0: I'd be interested to see that lineup again because yeah. Luca needs I don't know I've been thinking a lot about Luca's usage. Um there was a guy if you haven't read the article and and granted if you have seen Ted Lasso, please see Ted Lasso mm. first. But I made uh our guy Luke write write about the Mavericks and Ted Lasso today. And there was a guy uh in the chat or in the comments who posted a, a series of long quotes by Luca's former coach from Real Madrid that were really really instructive about like the kind of player Luca is. And I just, the more I'm thinking about this, the more I think that the Mavericks have to find spots where they make him the shooting guard and they give him a true push the ball point guard. Like I was very against the Chris Paul thing. I wonder what Luca would be like with a guy like him. Because, and I, 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 this is not the time for it. We, we've been talking for almost half hour now, but I just, that's something that's going to be in my head for a while. Because like allowing Luca to play the Kyrie Irving role for uh, to LeBron James for for minutes at a time just strikes me as really tantalizing, you know.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if the lineup they played with Josh. I mean, the no, no, was... my brain's just
0: going like, how do we get <laughs> Luca in different situations? Because when he was playing with athletes, like like Green pushed the ball a couple of times. Yeah, like, Green make Kings it past half
1: court. Yes it's great i just i don't know it's exciting and i've got it i I got it here thankfully uh nba.com stats page updates pretty quickly uh (laughs) because usually it's not till the next day this stuff doesn't come out i thought but the lineup was uh tim Hardaway jr dwight powell dorian finney smith Luka Doncic, josh green like you said they played 12 minutes they went 14 of 20 from the floor they scored 38 points seven of 11 from three and they were a plus 18 uh pretty four good. steals and three blocks by the way pretty, in pretty, those 12 pretty minutes. good so and that's another thing Powell pretty pretty quietly had a disruptive game three steals two blocks 10 rebounds um probably would just, not predict that against a team like miami with bam at a bio but uh he he looked pretty feisty tonight
0: yeah yeah and the mavericks just i just like them when they're active yes you know the the this is another thing we should get into more later but there was some, i saw something today i think matt moore posted this uh from the action network just like talking about like playoff type teams and the mavericks just play more drop coverage than all but like 27 other teams and i hate it and i yeah. love it when they're free i love it when they're active it, it just takes it like why have athletes if you're not going to be active
1: yeah know. why the, the drop stuff made sense when you had when you played what the last five years with a you know an aging Dirk Nowitzki, like they don't have that guy in the lineup right now. You know, Powell has always been at his best. You know, I have always said that Pal guarding the rim is a you know a broom handle with 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 inflatable arms. Like that's how he guards the rim. But like he's got good feet and he has good hands on the perimeter. Like do some trapping. Like you know do uh-huh. be do some double teaming. Do something aggressive. Throw something out there. Like and when you've got you know, say we will go a pal, but he's also pretty athletic, even you know, post Achilles injury. You know, you have him and Green on the floor at the same time. I don't see the benefit to playing a laid back drop type scheme, which is what you're saying. So oh, yeah. I'm with you there.
0: Well we're gonna this again, you know, it's fun to be this late in the season. Uh, it's fun for the games to matter. It's fun to to you know it's it's if it's going to be a grind like this, at least it should be entertaining. You know, one thing about the Kings' loss that was just so funny the other night is I, I don't remember caring that badly about a late season loss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so we're just at this point in the year where everything feels a little bit grindy, and and you know we're talking about uh you know a, a single victory with you know seven or eight games left. So this is this has been this has been fun. I'm glad to have you back to be doing these regularly. Yes, this Um, is
1: great. This is great. All right,
0: so keep coming to Money Moneyball. We probably will have some posts up tomorrow. Uh, I don't know what yet, just because post-game stuff is a little bit all over the place. If you're – please like and subscribe. Do all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. I'll be doing a post-game locker room, which I will then share with the the podcast feed, probably in time for your drive home from work tomorrow afternoon. Uh, Unless you got anything else, Josh, I'm going to check on out.
1: No, let's do it. Let's get out of here.
0: All right, Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo, Mads Moneyball After Dark. We thank you very much, and we will talk to you guys in a couple of days.